Well, good morning, everybody. It is so glad to see you here. Happy New Year's. I can't think of a better way, right, to start off 2023 than worshiping together in community, right? Hey, to everybody watching online, wherever you are, thank you for joining with us this morning. Hey, I wanna take an informal poll, and if you're watching online, you can type your answers into the chat window, but this is gonna involve raising your hand, all right? All right, raise your hand if you stayed up until midnight last night. Hands up. All right, keep your hands raised. All right, it's probably about, what, 60% of the room? All right, hands down. All right, another question. Raise your hand if you wanted to stay up until midnight last night, but your parents wouldn't let you. <laughs> all right, all right, I got a few things here. All right, <laughs> one more question, all right? Raise your hand if you wanted to stay up till midnight, but you actually just fell asleep. <laughs> All right, thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. Well, hey, whether it was an early night or a late night, I believe that over the next few minutes, God has something to speak to us and to say to us, and this will be a time for us to dive into Scripture so we can learn together. Hey, research suggests that the average person in a 24-hour period hears 20 to 30 thousand words during the course of a day. 20 to 30,000 words. That's a lot of words if you think about it, right? And some of you, I know, I know some of you right now, you're probably thinking, I wonder how many words are in Tim's sermon. Well, if you're a, if you're a numbers guy like me, it's 3,900 words, all right? So 20 to 30,000 words. But can we all agree, right, that not all the words we input into our minds add value to our lives, right? Can we all agree on that? See, when you're engaged in social media, right, and, and you may come across conversations on Facebook or Discord or Reddit, some of them aren't adding value to our life, right? What about your snaps or your text threads, right? Are those words potentially harmful to others or hurtful, right? Check your DMs, right? Are those adding value to your day? When we turn on the television, right, there can be words from the news, talk shows or reality shows that are slandering, degrading, or hurtful to others. What about the books you read or the audiobooks you listen to? Are those words subtracting or adding value to your life? What about when you listen to a podcast, right? Is the conversation helpful or hurtful, or does it cause disruption to your soul? Do the movies or music you stream, right, are those words that give life, or do they subtract value from your life? Know this, words matter, and the words we download in our lives matter. So what words are you adding to your life to lift you up? See, my fear is that there are many times in our everyday life that we fill our ears, our minds, and our souls with words that do not build us up. You see, we often think, right, that we choose to fill our words that will satisfy us, entertain us, but sometimes they actually don't. See, if we let words of worry or fear occupy our minds and the output of our life, will be worry and fear. 
If we let words of anger and hate occupy our minds, then the output of our lives will be anger and hate. If what words of harshness or insults occupy our minds, then the output of our lives will be harshness or insults. See, if we let words of arrogance or pride occupy our minds, then the output in our life will be pride and arrogance. What words are you filling with your minds? Hey, as we kick off 2023, a new year, friends, I wanna to declare to you today that God is alive and active and wants to speak into your life. See, perhaps 2022 wasn't a great year for you, and this year in 2023, what you need desperately in your life is for God to speak into your life. See, the biggest way that God speaks to us is through his word, through his Bible. And as we go through this journey of life, as we start of 2023, God wants to speak words of life to us. He wants to fill our hearts and our minds and our souls with words that lift us up, that encourage us, that challenge us. See, if we fill our lives with God's word, we'll be our people who are centered on God. And in 2023, God wants to speak to you through his word. You see, in a world full of discouragement, the Bible brings encouragement. In the world filled with worry and anxiety, the Bible brings peace. In a world full of hate and disunity, the Bible brings love and unity. And in a world full of confusion, the Bible brings clarity. Grace Fellowship, as we launch into 2023, I'm here to tell you that what we need most is to have God's word be the primary and dominant voice in our lives. If you have your Bible or app on your phone, I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter three. And this morning, we're gonna be focusing on verses 14 through 17 in 2 Timothy chapter three. See, how much or how little we engage with reading and studying the Bible depends on our understanding of two critical questions. And these two questions are this. Number one, who am I? And number two, what am I here for? Who am I and what am I here for? See, how we come to understand and answer those two questions will determine how important or how unimportant the Bible is to our lives. So we're gonna dive into each of these questions to see the role those play in how we engage with God's word. So the first question we ask ourselves is, who am I? So how we understand our identity determines how we engage with God's word. How we understand our identity determines how we engage with God's word. Hey, let's read 2 Timothy chapter three together, verses 14 and 15, and it says this. It says this. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it 
and how of infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Second Timothy is a letter, right, written by the Apostle Paul to his co-worker and mentoree, Timothy. In verses 14, right, and 15, Paul is trying to reiterate Timothy's identity as a student of Scripture. Paul talks about the legacy Timothy has with God's word and how it came into his life through previous generations and mentors. If you read through 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, those books, Paul constantly writes to encourage Timothy's identity. Check out these different verses that Paul wrote to Timothy to help remind him of his identity. The verse that we see is in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. It says this, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Paul is telling Timothy, don't forget who you are. That in the battles of life, you need to understand your identity to navigate and flourish through life. Again, another verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Again, Paul tells Timothy, remember God's gifting upon your life. Do not lose who you are. We read in 2 Timothy 3, 14, Paul's telling about, he says this, this phrase, those whom you learned them from. Like, who did Timothy learn these scriptures from? He learned them from three distinct people in his life. His mother, Lois, his grandmother, Eunice, and his mentor, Paul. We see in 2 Timothy 1, 5, the impact Timothy's uh, family had on him. It says this, I have been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Timothy had the amazing privilege of learning the gospel and the word of God from both the lips and the lives of these influential people, from the lips of his mother, grandmother, and mentor. Timothy heard the words of scripture, communicated, and lived out and modeled after the influence of the previous generations really impacted Timothy's life. I wanna give a little encouragement to everyone here today, and I wanna kind of talk to you a little bit in three different groups. I wanna talk to you in, as grandparents, parents, and mentors, which is, I think, everybody else. First, for those who have grandkids, let me ask you this. How are you passing down the transformational power of God's word to your grandkids? See, understand, right? You have the ability to influence your grandchildren in a positive way with how you use scripture upon their lives, how you pray scripture over them, how you model scripture to them. Unfortunately, I was never able to meet any of my grandparents, either on my mom's side or my dad's side. However, I've had many people who are like grandparents to me influence my spiritual development. 
For, how about for those who are parents today? Let me ask you this question. How are you raising your children to understand the importance of God's word in their everyday life? See, parents, get this. Your action or your inaction on how you incorporate God's word in your life is modeled to your kids. That's a scary thought, right? Listen to what sociologist Christian Smith says. He was the author of a book called Handing Down the Faith, How Parents Pass Their Religion to the Next Generation. And here's what he says about the impact of parents. But what we found is when it comes to the longer-term formation of younger people, their parents are actually much more important than any other factor. More important than clergy, youth groups, mission trips, pretty much more than anything. It shouldn't be surprising, although it was surprising initially. Parents have this decisive, really important formative power over how their kids turn out. Teenagers don't realize that usually, and a lot of parents don't realize that. But sociologically, that's what goes on. While parents have the greatest influence on their children, all of us have the ability to mentor the next generation and model scripture to them. If you are a volunteer in KidVenture and GF Youth, we appreciate what you do. And we are thankful for you having the ability to influence through practice and action others what it means to follow God's word. But there's another aspect of our identity that I wanna touch on this morning. As we have many younger people and kids with us in our service and watching online, I wanna speak directly to those who are kids or students this morning. Hey, listen, if you're able to read, you can and should read the Bible. See, if you're younger, you may find that the Bible is kind of hard to understand or can be overwhelming. But can I, can I, kids and students, can I share with you a secret? It's hard to understand for adults as well, all right? But just because something's hard to understand, that doesn't mean you abandon ship and give up on it. And in the passage we read, Timothy, Paul tells Timothy to remember to center your life on God's word. It's believed that when Timothy first went on a missionary journey with Paul, he was about 21 years old only. And somewhere around this writing of 2 Timothy, Timothy was somewhere in his mid-30s, but however, the people he was ministering to and engaging with were a lot older than him. And, and Paul writes this verse to Timothy to encourage him. And this verse he writes is in 1 Timothy 4 through 12, 13. It says this, don't want anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, do you devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Growing up, I held tight to this verse because I was always in circles where I was a young guy. And growing up, this passage shaped my identity in Christ. It gave me hope and belief that following Jesus wasn't just for adults, but following Jesus was something I can do when I was young. Young people, students, the world and culture will tell you that you don't have to take faith seriously until you finish schooling or settle down. That is entirely false. In fact, 
you can have a thriving relationship with Jesus at a young age. Here's a verse that you're gonna wanna jot down and always keep with you, and it's a great life verse. Joshua 1.8 says this, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, the word of God is something that we need to feed our souls all throughout the day. It's gonna be key to thrive in this culture. Because remember, how we understand our identity determines how we engage with God's word. You see, what you believe about yourself will determine how you behave and how you act. If the Bible is not the central part of your life, it's probably because you have an incorrect belief of who you are. It's hard to change your habits if you never change the underlying beliefs. About six years ago, I tried to get into running. I wasn't actually very good at it. I wasn't very consistent. And I never thought that I could never run more than a very slow mile. But then about four years ago, things drastically changed. And they changed because I changed my belief about running. See, instead of telling people and telling myself that I tried to run, I believed and proclaimed to myself and to everybody that I was a runner, no matter how slow and how far I ran in the beginning. But get this, once my belief changed for the positive, my running performance changed drastically. Getting out to run was easier and easier, and these positive understanding beliefs about myself improved my running performance. See, in fact, running became so part of my identity that from towards the end of 2019 until mid-September of 2022, I was able to run over a mile a day for a thousand consecutive days. Now, people often ask me, that's crazy. How, do you, how did you do that? And to be honest, it was actually really easy. Why? Because that was part of who I was. That was part of my identity. That was ingrained in what I did every day. And it didn't become a chore. It became something of who I was. Listen, Grace Fellowship, if you're a Christian and call yourself a Christ follower, you are a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ. And what that means is part of your identity is being a reader and a student of God's word. There's a second aspect in determining how we engage in God's word. And the second aspect is this, how we understand our purpose determines how we engage with God's word. How we understand our purpose, right, determines how we engage with God's word. Let's read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. It says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Here we have Paul reminding Timothy that the Bible has life-changing practical uses. 
Paul tells Timothy and to us that the Bible of Scripture is God's voice, right? It's God's breath, God breathed. We read here that Scripture is used for teaching and rebuking, which has to do with doctrine, what we need to believe, right? And correcting and training, which has to do with behavior and how we act. But the reason for all these life-changing uses is so that we can be equipped for every good work. Remember, we started off our sermon determining that there are two questions that we need to address. They are, who am I, right? And what am I here for? If you have an understanding of your purpose, that's gonna determine how you engage in God's word. See, if you know that God wants to use you in amazing ways, then it will change the way you engage in God's word. What Paul was telling Timothy was this, stay in God's word because you have a purpose. See, at the time, Timothy was struggling. He was struggling with the leaders he was called to minister to. He was discouraged and he was intimidated by all the challenges he faced. But despite all the hardships Timothy was going through, Paul's message was clear, right? You have a purpose. You have a calling. And the only way that you're gonna get through this is to make the word of God central to your life. Do you know that God has a plan for you and wants to use you? Listen to what Ephesians 2.10 says about us. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love this verse. You have a purpose in this world. And as long as you have breath, you have a purpose. And God wants to use you if you are willing. See, in my experience, one of the biggest hurdles to a person's growth in their faith is their lack of belief that God wants to use them. Those who fail to accept that God has a calling and a purpose upon their life will never grow deeper in their faith. See, if you have this false belief about your life that God can't use you, if you have this false belief, it will affect how you engage in God's word. But, but, get this. If you understand that God has, a, has you on mission, that God has you on this earth for a purpose, your engagement with God's word is gonna dramatically change. See, I need to be equipped because I don't have all the answers. I need to be equipped because what God has called me to do is bigger than my own will, my own abilities. I need to be equipped because God has called me to be a Christ-like example to my wife and kids. I need to be equipped because this world is constantly changing and I need God's voice to speak into my life to direct my steps, what I need to say. See, my hope and prayer for you in 2023 is that God will use each and every one of you because how we understand our purpose determines how we engage with God's word. God has designed us to do good works. 
It's our job to make sure that we are available and ready because, right, as you engage in God's word, you begin to hear his voice and he will guide you in your purpose. As a way to take next steps here at our Latham campus, we're gonna urge you to start of 2023 doing a Bible reading plan. Both of these plans are gonna be available for you on your way out. If you're watching online, there should be a link in the chat box on both of these plans. But I'm gonna spend some time and go over each of these plans because we want you and we want to be a community doing these plans together. So the first plan is a Bible reading plan for the entire year. It's called the Discipleship Journal Bible Reading Plan. If you use the Version Bible app, you can also look up this plan on the app as well or take one of these on your way out. And this plan goes through the entire Bible all throughout 2023. If you're somebody who, who, who's consistent with your Bible reading, right, I, and you haven't read the Bible before an entire year, I wanna challenge you and encourage you to take on this plan in 2023. And the great part of this plan is that it only requires five readings a week, five readings a week. So it's really good because if you fall behind or miss a few days, it's okay, and you don't feel like you're falling behind. And this may seem daunting, but this plan is very, very manageable. So this is the Bible and a reading in the year plan, right? There's a second plan. And the second plan is what we call the five by five by five plan. This is the New Testament Bible reading plan. This is where you read through the entire New Testament in 2023. You spend five days a week, five minutes a day with five ways to dig deeper, five by five by five. If you're not used to uh, reading the Bible, right? I wanna encourage you to do this plan. To spend five minutes a day, five days a week to go through all throughout the New Testament in 2023. Determine a time Determine the location where you're going to spend five minutes, make that plan, and do it. And the great thing about this plan is it only requires five days a week. So you don't need to do this every day. If you miss a couple of days, you don't feel like you're falling behind. The five by five by five plan also has five ways you can dive deeper and meditate on God's word. And this will capture how God is speaking to you. I'm going to go through these five ways. And just so you know, whether you're on the Bible in a year plan or the New Testament plan, each of these five kind of application points can be used for any of the ways that God wants to speak to you. So the first one is this, right? The first one is to underline or highlight key words or phrases in the Bible. So as you're going through your plan, one of the first ways to dive deeper is to find things that stick out to you, right? Highlight them, underline them, right? Anything that, that really sticks to you right? You want to highlight that and go back to that. The second way to dive deeper is to kind of put the passage into your own words. You, you want to read the passage, right? And then either write it out or speak it into your own verbiage and your own words. That's, that's the second way to kind of apply these reading plans. The third way is to ask and answer some questions, right? The, the kind of easy questions are the who, what, why, where, when, how questions, right? To kind of make those lists and then jot down 
the answers to those questions as you're reading your passage. The fourth way that you can dive deeper into your scripture passage is to capture the big idea. Capture the idea that, that God is speaking and think, all right, what am I reading? What is God trying to communicate to us through this passage? And the fifth way, right, is to personalize the meeting. This is, this is us responding as God is speaking to us, right? Ask, how can my life be different today as I respond to what I am reading? But in order to help us build our reading community together, we're gonna do two different things. We're gonna launch two Facebook groups. We're gonna have a private Facebook group for those reading the whole Bible in a year. And then we're gonna also have a private Facebook group for those doing the New Testament in a year. If you follow our uh, Facebook page, uh, make sure that you follow our Facebook page. There you'll be able to sign up for either one of these Facebook groups and join this community of people reading either of these plans. If you're part of our monthly email, we've already sent the email out on Friday, and there's links in that email to both of these plans. And the whole point of joining these groups is you're gonna be with other people from Grace Fellowship reading these plans together, and hopefully throughout the year, this is gonna bring encouragement to you, and also maybe some accountability to your reading plans. There you're gonna be able to post things, encourage one another, and I encourage you to not just join one of these plans, but to join one of these Facebook groups and do this together as well. For anyone in the New Testament plan, I'm gonna be on there every week posting kind of recap devotional videos, recapping a chapter that was read throughout the week. So I encourage you to join one of these Facebook groups. Hey, we believe that 2023 can be a formative year for you with God's word being central to everything that you do. See, once you understand your identity and once you understand your purpose, that's gonna have a life-changing impact on the level you engage with in God's word. As we close here today, I'm gonna ask you to everyone to stand, please. I want everybody to stand. As I look around the room, here's what I see. I see a group of people who desire for God to speak to them in 2023. So I'm challenging everyone in this room, everybody watching online, to turn down the negative words that we hear in our world and turn up the positive words and encouraging words from the word of God every day. You can do it, and I know, right, that reading this Bible plan together as a collective community, we will see God move through engaging in God's word together. Let's pray. God, we wanna thank you that you are alive and active and you speak through us through your word. So God, for 2023, we declare that this is the year that we hear you speak in mighty and amazing ways. So God, we ask that you come into our lives and you speak to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you encourage everyone here as we dive and engage 
every day into your scriptures. God, may your words be the dominant voice in our lives. And we look forward and we are expectant to what you're gonna bring to us in 2023. We're all in Jesus' name, amen.